Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Kavita, and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Sandstorm Gold Royalties first quarter conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. Please be aware that some of the commentary may contain forward-looking statements. There can be no assurance that the forward-looking statements will prove to be accurate as actual results in future events could differ materially from those anticipated in such statements. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one key on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Thank you. Mr. Watson, you may begin your conference. Thank you, Kavita. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for calling into this first quarter earnings call for 2021. As normal, this morning I'll provide a brief update on the company, and then Irfan, our CFO, is going to walk us through the first quarter results, and then Dave Oram will provide an update on some of the assets. After that, we'll turn it over to the operator for a question and answer period, and if anyone has any questions that does not need to be part of the live Q&A, you can ask those questions through the web portal, and we'll ensure that each question we get there will get a direct response from you after this call. At this time, we're going to be going through a prepared PowerPoint presentation on the web portal, so if you're able to, please turn your attention there now. Overall, the first quarter for Sandstorm was fantastic. We had a record number of gold equivalent ounces sold of over 17,000 ounces. We had record revenue of $31 million, and we had record operating cash flows, excluding working capital changes, of $23 million. By all accounts, our business is performing well. And it's for this reason that we're raising the bottom end of our annual production guidance up to 55,000 ounces so that our revised guidance range is between 55,000 to 62,000 gold equivalent ounces. So we're still on track for another record year of annual sales. It's important to note that starting now in the second quarter, the gold stream that we have on Endeavor's Karma Mine in Burkina Faso is done, the fixed delivery period of the contract, and Sandstorm now has an effective 1.6% NSR. So the deliveries from Karma are expected to be lower by about 1,000 ounces per quarter going forward. However, as many of you are aware, we have a number of other development assets at various stages of development, and we're expecting more growth in annual production over the next years than any of our other streaming and royalty competitors. Now, Sandstorm has record amounts of capital available to allocate to either new deals or dividends or share buybacks. And as we stand here today, Sandstorm has over $150 million U.S. in the bank, plus we have approximately $60 million U.S. of equity and debt investments and other mining companies that can all be liquidated if need be. We are going to be allocating capital to what, what I mentioned on the last quarter earnings call of all three alternatives being new deals and dividends and share buybacks. And we've got a, a slide here that you can see that discusses the share buyback part. We, we bought back a material number of our shares each year for four years running now. And during the first quarter, we were able to pick up almost a million of Sandstorm shares and have them canceled. So the value per share for our remaining shareholders is continuing to increase. And 
Uh, over the past four years, our average cost per share has been only $5.20 U.S. So we think we've done a very good job of picking our spots. And we think it's been a prudent form of capital allocation for us. And we're going to continue in this spirit going forward. One of the things that uh, makes us excited to buy back our own shares is not only how well the portfolio is doing from a cash flow generating perspective, but also how incredibly well the expiration upside story continues to unfold over time. We have finally completed all of the number crunching for the last year, and it turns out that 2020 was the fifth straight year in a row that more gold ounces have been found on our royalty grounds than have been mined. This is an amazing track record that is exciting to us. In, in 2020, the firm received 52,000 attributable gold equivalent ounces of production compared to 54,000 new ounces attributable to Sandstorm being found through exploration. And what I find even more interesting is that the actual number of ounces attributable to Sandstorm that was found was even higher than 54,000 ounces. And what we've done is we've chosen to be conservative in how we show these figures because under one of our streams, a new technical team has decided to take a more conservative set of assumptions on the resource calculation and has what we believe temporarily decreased their ounces on the books. And we have netted those ounces off against the ounces found so that the 54,000 ounce number represents a true net ounces found figure. Year after year, our portfolio is continuing to not only set new records in revenue and cash flow, but it also continues to replace the ounces mined with new ounces found. And before I hand it over to Irfan, I would like to remind everyone of a few important catalysts that we see for Sandstorm in 2021, starting with one of our key assets, Todd Modern. As I've said in the past, 2021 is expected to be a catalyst-rich year for the asset, with both a feasibility study and an EIA expected to be granted imminently with the granting of the EPCM contract to build the mine later in the year. It's still our expectation that both the feasibility study and the granting of the EIA should occur in the second quarter. However, this week, due to COVID, the government of Turkey has implemented a countrywide lockdown to contain the virus. And we're still assessing what impact, if any, this will have on the expected timelines. I think it's safe to say we're all tired of COVID, but we certainly want our partners and their employees to stay safe. And we understand that this means a slight delay in timelines. Another important catalyst this year is potential deals. I won't belabor this point, but I'm still expecting this year to be an above average year for new deals and likely the highest level of new deals in the past few years for us. Having said that, deals aren't done until they're actually done. So I'll let the actual deals, if any, speak for themselves. The next catalyst that's worth remembering, and which I've already touched on, is the return of capital to shareholders through either share buybacks or dividends. We've had the benefit of discussing this further at the board level recently, and we're targeting a decision one way or another, if not by the end of this year, then early next year. We have an incredibly strong balance sheet, a fantastic and diversified portfolio that's generating record cash flow. And so it's my belief that paying a small but sustainable and growing dividend is effectively imminent. I'm very pleased with how well our portfolio is performing and the opportunities we see to grow the portfolio. And so with that, I'm going to hand it over to Irvin. Great. Thank you, Nolan. Uh, hello to everyone joining us today. It's been a great uh, quarter for Sandstorm, as Nolan's mentioned. I'd like to take some time to walk through the financial results in more detail. The chart on the left of this slide to 
shows Sandstorm's attributable gold equivalent ounces sold, as well as sales and royalty revenue for the last four quarters. If you've been tuning into these conference calls for a while, you may recall at the end of 2019 that Sandstorm was realizing quarterly records on a regular basis. At the time, I mentioned that we were excited for this record-breaking trend to continue. After a year of unprecedented change and global upheaval, I'm pleased to say that Sandstorm has once again hit a new quarterly record. Moving to the next slide, we can make a few comparisons between the first quarter of 2020 and 2021. By all metrics, Listed here, Sandstrom's financial performance was stronger in the first quarter of this year compared to the first quarter of last year. Total revenue was a record $31 million, an increase of 45% compared to the same period in 2020. A trivial gold equivalent ounces sold was a new quarterly record at 17,444 ounces, an increase of 30% compared to the same period in 2020. These results were supported by a relatively strong gold market in the first quarter, with an average realized gold price of $1,777 per ounce. For comparison, the average realized gold price in the first quarter of 2020 was just under $1,600 per ounce. Average cash cost was $307 per trivial ounce, which translated to cash operating margins of $1,470 per ounce and a new quarterly record of $23.7 million in cash flows from operating activities. Net income came in at $5 million for the quarter, compared to a net loss of $10.3 million in the first quarter of 2020. The next slide provides a breakdown of the quarterly production results by cash-flowing assets. The amount of Silverstream was once again the leader with over 47 attributable gold equivalent ounces sold. This represents a 12% increase in silver ounces sold compared to the first quarter of 2020. The Saramora Silver Stream has benefited from an increase in the silver price. Sandstorm realized an average selling price of approximately $25 per ounce during the quarter compared to approximately $18 per ounce of silver in the first quarter of last year. A similar story can be told for the Chapata Copper Stream. Sandstorm received a 29% increase in the number of copper pounds from Chapata during the quarter and realized a 36% increase in the average selling price of copper compared to the first quarter of 2020. The result was a total of 2,588 attributable gold equivalent ounces sold from the stream. Other notable changes in production when compared to 2020 include the addition of the Relief Canyon Stream, which began fixed gold deliveries to Sandstorm in May 2020. An increase in production attributable to the Fruta del Norte mine, which commenced commercial production in February 2020, and an increase in royalty revenue from the Bracemac McLeod mine. Production from the Karma mine in Burkina Faso also increased in the first quarter uh, compared to the previous year, uh, partly related to the timing of sales and uh, the delay in deliveries compared to the prior quarter in 2020. The first quarter also marks the end of the five-year period under the Karma Gold Stream that allowed Sandstrom to purchase 25,000 ounces of gold for ongoing per ounce payments equal to 20% of the spot price. And as Nolan mentioned, as of April 1st, Sandstorm's 
Gold Stream Agreement, China is now closer to 1.63% of gold produced at the Karma Mine for the same ongoing per ounce payment. The operator, Endeavor Mining, is forecasting between 80,000 and 90,000 ounces of gold to be produced at Karma in 2021. This final slide depicts the first quarter revenues by region and metal type. Sandstorm's portfolio continues to be well diversified with mines operating in stable jurisdictions around the globe. In the first quarter, 90% of revenues came from mines operating in the Americas, with approximately one-third of revenues coming from North American mines. The majority of revenues came from precious metals, with nearly half attributable gold operations, with another 27% from silver. 17% of revenues came from copper this quarter, which provided good exposure to rising base metal prices. Overall, it was a very good start to the year for Sandstorm shareholders. We finished the quarter with over $140 million in cash and over $52 million in equity and debt investments. Sandstorm's balance sheet is strong and ready to support the next growth step for the company. Based on the company's existing streams and royalties, again, we have updated our forecast for a triple gold equivalent ounces sold to be between 55,000 and 62,000 ounces in 2021. And with that, I'll turn things over to Dave. Dave. Thanks, Erfan. My asset update will be brief this quarter as I focus on two projects that are back in the limelight after a couple years of us not talking much about them. The first project is the Mason project with HUD Bay. This asset was once once in Entree Resources, but has spun out into its own vehicle and was eventually purchased by HUD Bay in 2018. Fast forward three years later, along with a $2 pound per pound increase in copper price, and we have one of the largest greenfield copper projects in the Americas and potentially the third largest copper mine in the United States. HUD Bay recently released the results of a PEA on the 2.2 billion ton measured in indicative resource. At 310 copper and using a 10% discount rate, the project carries an after-tax MPV of almost $520 million. The current mine life is expected to be 27 years, but they're still working on additional exploration that could extend that. Obviously, more work will be completed on the asset and assets will need to be achieved, but Hyundai is expected to put it into the development pipeline once Rosemont is, is up and operating. However, it does have the potential to almost double Hud Bay's copper output. So clearly, it could be one of the most important growth projects in that pipeline. With our 0.4% NSR on the project, Sandstorm could collect up to $75 million in proceeds based on this PEA study. At $4.50 copper price, obviously that's going to be a lot higher. This is another great example of how Sandstorm has been effective at accessing low-cost, early-stage deals on the right assets. And sometimes, like this one, even we're surprised that it doesn't take nearly as much time as we originally thought to show that great value for Sandstorm. Uh, the other projects I want to talk about now are Barry, Moroy, and Gladiator. These are all now part of what was originally the Bachelor Lake gold mine stream which provide us with a tremendous amount of cash flow for over the last 10 years. Today, under Bonterra's management, there are three projects quickly pushing forward, which we hold royalties ranging from 1% to 4.9%. 
Gladiator and Barry form a large land package within the Windfall Lake District in Quebec. Bonterra has been drilling approximately 10,000 meters per month on the Barry property and has been consistently getting great results. Some of the latest step-out intercepts are 14.7 meters of 7.4 grams and 6.8 meters of 3.8 grams per ton in the age zone. The deposit still appears to be open along strike and depth. With a large amount of drilling planned, Barry likely has more mineralization to be found. An updated resource is expected in Q2, and the PEA is expected before the end of the year. We've also begun to receive payment for a royalty here through the bulk sample taken underground last year. But hopefully, the project will start entering the development stage in the not-too-distant future. Moving over to the original Bachelor and Lake mine site, not only has Leroy continued to produce good intercepts, but chasing up on the O'Brien intrusion showing, Fonterra has made another discovery within two kilometers of the Bachelor Mill. Two holes have begun to outline this new discovery with intercepts of 24.9 meters of 1.4 grams and 10 meters of 1.3 grams. This goes to show you that combined with the Maroy discovery only a few years ago, this is very prospective ground, only just beginning to be understood. Of course, there's also good news on the mill expansion. The old Bachelor Lake Mill is still able to operate 800 tons per day permitted to increase to 2,400 tons per day and is well through that process. New tailings expansions are approved and Bonterra can find themselves in a position to start the expansion soon. For Sandstorm, that means the sooner we get the chance to see revenue from a 4.9% NSR on all these newly discovered areas. So with that, I'll pass it over, the call back over to the operator for a Q&A. Please feel free, to, uh, feel free to ask any questions about our royalties and streams. And as a reminder, to ask a question, that's star one on your telephone keypad. And if you would like to ask a question, press star one. And our first question comes from Heiko Isle with HC Rain White. Hey there. Thanks for taking my questions. I'm glad you made it back on the call. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, I know you're still working diligently on the feasibility study for Hot Madame, um, and the prior outlook was for it to be completed in the first half of the year, obviously, with production by the end of 23. And this timeline was uh, affirmed in the MDNA that you guys just put out. Um, in contrast, early on the call, you said that Turkey went into a lockdown and there may be a delay to this. But, I mean, just thinking ahead, not 30 days, but, you know, six months, nine months, 12 months, how much the impact does this delay really pose to you getting first production by the end of 23? And uh, building on that, can you maybe provide some color on uh, longer lead time issues that you're particularly concerned about? Yeah, so the lockdown was just announced a couple of days ago, so it's a bit early for us to, to tell some of those answers because it's only been in, in effect for a couple of days uh, at the moment. We don't foresee it changing when we think the asset will get into production. Some of the long lead items, uh, which are still working their way through the system, would be things like forestry permits, uh, but also EPCM contractors getting them uh, signed up and ready to go. And that work is still ongoing full force, and, and most of that work is digital work where 
where people are submitting their bids and phone calls are being had, and, and that's still going ahead irrespective of the lockdown. So a lot of these long lead items are, are not, in fact, slowing down. Um, it's just if if an EIA permit was expected to be granted next month and, and nobody's showing up at their desk at the government for the next month, that might slow it down. But that was never really a long lead item. Um, so we're we're just waiting to see how or if any it'll impact it. And at the moment, we're not we're not updating our guidance because we don't think it'll be too material. Okay, yeah, that's 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 what I figured because I mean, this is so far in the future, and even if they lock down for 90 days, I just don't see how that will change the 2023 timeline. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of the work that the project is at at the stage right now is is at the desktop level, and so people are still pushing that work forward. Uh, at the same pace, even though they happen to be in their homes. Got it. Uh, second question, I'm not sure how much of this you're willing to say. I mean, you obviously renewed your uh, NCIV, and I think that's the right move, especially when I saw the uh, 520 average price that you paid over the past few years in the presentation that you had. Um, you actually used the program reasonably aggressively in, in Q1. Have you done anything in Q2, in Q2 so far? I mean, we're a third way through the quarter. I don't know if you're willing and able to comment on that. Uh, we, in Q2, we haven't. Most of Q2 so far, we were in blackout because of preparing financial statements, so we weren't allowed to legally anyway. So, <clears throat> Fair enough. I'll get back to you. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question comes from Hillary Track with Conocor Agenda Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, so I actually just had a question on, on trade gold. I see that you've been increasing the size in the investment, and I was wondering if you are able to speak about the rationale behind that. Yeah, it's, it's a question that we get every now and then and, and you know, answered it on some of our past calls. The gist is that we own a very significant percentage of their company already and based on the liquidity selling that at a reasonable price is uh, is not very feasible at the moment and we think that there's actually a tremendous amount of value there we think that the company's worth a lot more than what it's trading at we have not been shy to say that publicly in the past and so we think that um picking away shares that are, are well below value gives us the benefit of holding a stronger position if someone wants to come along and buy them and making sure we get their value for our shares. Uh, or if nobody buys them, uh, then you know, we own effectively 25% of their company on a partially dilute basis, and we'll get 25% of their, their dividends from their uh, their equity interest, and, and we'll see how it goes. So uh, either way, whatever the outcome is, we're happy, and uh, we think it's uh, intelligent capital allocation, given how much capital we have available to us and, and the value we see there. Okay, thanks. That makes sense. Um, and one last question on guidance. Um, you've increased the bottom end of the guidance, and based on Q1, that implies an annual run rate um, about 68,000 ounces, which is above the high end of guidance. I know you said that karma is expected to decrease um, in the coming quarters, but are you expecting any other assets to decline, or is this just like a conservative estimate? I would say we, we try to be a conservative in our estimate. Sometimes it's tough to tell. We, um, I wouldn't say that there is any imminent declines that we're expecting from any of our other assets other than, than Karma and Irfan. I don't know if you have anything to comment on on the, uh, 
conservativeness of our, our guidance. Yeah, I think our, our guidance is uh, fair, uh, potentially on the conservative side, but uh, we have uh, more than just one commodity in our mix, and that impacts uh, our guidance figure. So as the year goes on, we'll provide more clarity on that. Okay, awesome. Thanks. That's it for me. And our next question comes from Derek Ma with TD Securities. Uh, thank you. My question relates to Pata. Uh, Lundin posted some pretty positive exploration results of their Q1 earnings and an 80% increase in its land position. Looking at the maps, I believe most of the property is still covered by the stream area, but can you confirm that the southwest near mine exploration areas are covered and more specifically, I guess, the Formiga um, area that they're looking at in the north of the pit? Yeah, so under Chicada, the way we structured that agreement is that all of the land that they had at the time uh, fell under our agreement. So uh, if the discovery is on the land that was owned at the time, it comes under our agreement. In addition to that, we have the concept of expanding uh, area of interest for another three kilometers outside that border. So if they picked up new land that they did not previously have within three kilometers of, of the old land that they had back in 2015, that falls under uh, our our deal as well. So we have, I think, if memory serves me correct, almost 700 square kilometers of land covered by our stream. That's good to hear. And I guess one more question on Chapada then. Should we expect some decrease in the geos paid to Sandstorm in Q2 related to the shutdown, or are we through that now? Uh, I'm not expecting a material decrease in local analysis uh, in Q2. Having said that, there is a cap in annual production that we get uh, in, in copper, and there's a trip mechanism. So, for example, if they hit the cap in one quarter and then are under in another quarter, then we get true up at the end of the year. So I do think we're going to get our maximum number of pounds of copper uh, through the year, whether or not they get delivered in Q2 or later in the year. Uh, thank you very much. Now our next question comes from John Thomas's with John Thomas's Barry Ann. Good morning. It's uh, John Tomasos. Um, in earlier presentations, there was a focus on the uh, pending uh, feasibility study update for Hot Modern. Has that been delayed with COVID and other complications in the world? Or is that still due uh, in a quarter or so? And what are some of the changes possibly in CapEx or ore grades, recovery rates, or anything that you can comment? Yeah, thanks for that. So um, in terms of the feasibility study, it is still tracking well. It's still tracking fast. Most of the work is desktop work. So we don't think the lockdown in Turkey that was just announced should have a material impact on timeline. Maybe it'll have a, a small impact on timeline. So. Um, it's definitely still going to be in the first half of this year. In fact, late last night, I actually got uh, some of the first sections of the quarter through 101 report that's actually being drafted, uh, sent to me in my inbox, and uh, I've got to start reviewing that. But uh, we're 
we're expecting a fairly similar number of total payable ounces as previous studies. When you uh, take into account grades in the feasibility study and the larger recoveries, some have gone up, some have gone down, but net-net, I'm expecting the total number of payable ounces to be to be pretty similar. And uh, and it's an incredible mine, an incredibly robust mine, and, and based on the knowledge that I have so far, the feasibility study will show that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc thank you for listening to tsx quarterly if you enjoyed the cast remember to leave a good rating and remember for any additional inquiries please consult the company's investor relations section on their website see you next time